You're listening to the Murder Speaks Podcast, the show that spills the tea about true crime. Here's your host, Wendy Hinbest. Hey, welcome back to Murder Speaks. I hope everyone's having a great week. So today's real crime story is about 14-year-old April Millsap of Armada, Michigan. April loved animals and she enjoyed playing with her dog, Penny. And she just finished middle school and she was supposed to start high school in the fall. But sadly, that didn't happen. July 24th, 2014, April left home about 5.30 p.m. to take her dog for a walk. Somebody called 911 to report they found a naked girl lying along the trail. 911? Um, yes. I'm fairly certain we just found a body along the uh, mountain bike trail. Okay. Is it a male or a female? Female. Okay. Is she on the trail? No, she's off of the trail, comes back in the woods, her clothes are all taken off. Okay, and you don't believe she's breathing? I don't believe so, no. First responders found a loose dog at the scene. Forensics were at the scene. She had shoe tread marks on her cheek and neck. Footprints were embedded in her skin. Part of her clothing was removed, but there was no identification or phone at the scene. When her mother Jennifer realized April was gone a long time, she started texting her, but she didn't respond to any of her messages. It was starting to get dark and April's mother was getting more and more worried. Then her phone rang, and it was April's 15-year-old boyfriend, Austin. He called her to ask her to come down to the trail right away because the police were there. The police told Jennifer they found a body, and they confirmed a dog was there as well. The girl was 14-year-old April Millsap. The autopsy revealed April died from blunt force trauma to her head and asphyxia to her neck. She was stomped to death. The dog, Penny, was reunited with the family. The police questioned April's boyfriend, Austin. He tells them he was at a McDonald's about 30 minutes in the next town over with his friend. He tells police he went through the drive-thru. We just went to McDonald's. Do you remember what time you went to McDonald's? Around five-ish. And it would be around 3 o'clock, 5 five. Did you guys stay there and eat or what did you do? Drive through. Drive through. A Wednesday night, did you see April then at all? No, last time I saw April was Sunday night. Austin shows police his phone. He got a text message from April at 6.28 p.m. that said, I think I almost got kidnapped. O-M-F-G. He didn't respond to that text message until around 8 p.m. But you don't call her back. She leaves you a text message and says, I think I'm going to get kidnapped, right? But you don't call. You call her one time. She doesn't answer the phone. I texted her several times, and the thing was, I had no signal out there. So. He tells police that he got into an argument with April, and he deleted text messages between him and April. That made the police suspicious of him. The last time he saw her, they were in an argument. So I said, the next night I got to go to bed so I can get up early. She's like, oh, whatever. And then... I thought she was being all and I flipped out and left. Uh, yes, I what day was that? Sunday. 
that was the last time you seen her? So you guys, the last time you seen her, you guys were in an argument, basically. Hmm. Sucks. The police took Austin's phone to see if they can retrieve messages between him and April. The police go to the McDonald's that Austin said he went to so they can collect video footage. The police watched the footage and Austin was seen at 6.31 p.m. with his friend in the drive-thru, just like he said. They looked through Austin's phone and there was nothing to indicate Austin was involved with April's murder. Within 24 hours of this murder, there was like 60 police officers running around. They expanded to a school administration building. They set up a command center. The police had to find April's phone. So they reached out to somebody who deals with forensic analysis of cell phone records and cell tower mapping. He needed to locate April's phone. He was able to connect to April's phone and he communicated that connection to the police. Hey, don't forget to check out crystalkiss.com for my murder merch. Cool designs for all of you true crime addicts. If you live in the U.S. and buy three or more items, you'll get free shipping. Use discount code MURDER15, that's MURDER15, and save 15% on your entire order. Check out my YouTube channel, Murder Speaks. The link is in the show notes. A canine unit was dispatched to the area. Within 15 minutes, April's iPhone was located. The phone was sent to the FBI Computer Crimes Unit for a more detailed analysis. The police started looking at what was happening on social media. The local residents set up a Facebook page called Justice for April Mosap. The police set up a dedicated tip line, and witnesses started to come forward. They received a tip that April and her dog were seen around 6.15 p.m. heading towards the trail. Then they received a tip from a man who was with his daughters who saw April on the path walking her dog with a man on a motorcycle around 6.25 p.m. The father of the girls were able to give the police a description of the motorcycle. They said it was blue, white, and black. Then, at 6.28 p.m., April sent that text message to her boyfriend, Austin. Then two women said they saw a man acting very suspicious in the woods around 6.40 p.m. The police were able to put together a description of the suspect. A white male in his 30s with brownish curly hair and piercing eyes. The composite sketch was made public. The police went door to door. The day after April's body was found, one of the police spotted a motorcycle at a home that didn't belong to the homeowner. The day after April's body was found, one of the police spotted a motorcycle at a home. The motorcycle didn't belong to the homeowner, but it belonged to the homeowner's friend named James Van Callis. The police talked to him. He tells police that he went through Armada to go to his brother's house, and he arrived at his brother's house around 6 p.m. and made it home around 8 p.m. His cell phone company gave the police his location. The search warrant revealed that James Van Callis was actually in town at 6.15 p.m. Now, he had a minimal criminal record, but he matched the description and his stories were inconsistent. FBI contacted the police to let them know that April was running a fitness app on her phone. And FBI was able to extract the GPS coordinates from the app and animate the movements in the form of a video. In the video, there was a blue arrow following April's path. And it showed April's walking speed at about 3 miles per hour. 
at 6.35 p.m., you can see her pace increase right after she sent that text to her boyfriend. She heads in the opposite direction. She was trying to get away. And you can tell when she was being attacked. The app captured the exact time she was murdered. Then all of a sudden, the signal started heading west about 16 miles per hour. So whoever took the phone was driving a motor vehicle and heading to the area where the phone was found. The police went door to door to see if anybody had surveillance video or any information about the motorcycle. They were able to get a security video from a house within that subdivision, close to where the crime occurred. In the video, you can see somebody on a motorcycle going past at 6.51 p.m. That motorcycle matched James Vincalis' motorcycle. The police watched the fitness app footage again. The blue arrow went right by that house at the exact moment the motorcycle did on the video. They executed a search warrant for James Vancalis's house, and they seized his motorcycle. They arrested James Vancalis for growing marijuana in his house, and they searched his phone and computer. And they found Google searches of how to get young girls to like older men. And it was taking pictures of young girls at gas stations and the mall. James Vancalis was charged with April's murder. With all the evidence the police had, they were able to piece together what happened. On July 24, 2014, April left home around 5.30 p.m. to take her dog for a walk. She headed south on the Macomb Orchid Trail. And at 6.35 p.m., April was approached by James Vancalis. April turned around in a hurry to head back home to get away from James. Then she sent that text message to her boyfriend, Austin. And at 6.35 p.m., James caught up with April again. Then he used his motorcycle helmet and hit her in the head. Then he dragged her in the woods, raped and killed her. And that's when he was seen in the woods by the witnesses. Then he took April's phone and fled the scene. Then he dumped her phone on his way to his brother's house. During his trial in 2016, his former girlfriend testified that he said, I messed up. I need you to stand by me. She also said that James was cleaning his shoes the day April was murdered, and she found grass and hair in his hoodie. On February 8, 2016, he was charged with felony murder, kidnapping, and attempted rape. He was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. James remains incarcerated at Carson City Correctional Facility in Montcalm County, Michigan. A memorial garden was created for the healing process of April's family, friends, and residents of Amada. April's mother, Jennifer, and boyfriend, Austin, each released butterflies at the dedication. Wow, that is awful. James is exactly where he needs to be. And for everybody out there who knew April Millsap, I'm very sorry for your loss. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Murder Speaks. I hope you enjoyed it. Please like and subscribe. And if you like it, please share it. Sharing is caring. Check out my YouTube channel, Murder Speaks, for more real crime stories. Also, my husband and I have a podcast called 100% Brandy, so check that out as well. Thanks for listening. Join me again on Murder Speaks. Thanks. Bye.